This is Zach Primetime Reeb, and you're listening to Mitch Please. Are you? Yeah! Underneath it all, it's just a silly man trying to understand who the fuck I am on this U.S. land. I let my hair grow, then I cut it off. Put a couple lines in it, cause you know I'm never coming soft. I do a lot of shows, and I get a lot of stares. I got a lot of haters, but Welcome to episode 19 of Mitch Please. Happy New Year. First Mitch Please of 2017, guys. We're doing it here. We're back. We've got a big show lined up. I didn't get a chance to talk uh, last show about um, something that's a pretty big deal. Uh, My birthday on December 17th. Step through that PCW curtain uh, for the first time in 13 months, man. With that Tayo Cruz Break Your Heart song, uh, you know, beaming through the loudspeaker. And it felt amazing. Um, it was It's great to be back with Pro Championship Wrestling. You know, I really only took about six months off. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but, you know, PCW management called me in summertime to come back and, you know, do sponsors and promotion and stuff like that. So I, I've been back with Pro Championship Wrestling since June, July, but haven't been able to step through that curtain and actually perform. So I was given that opportunity on my birthday. Uh, it couldn't have meant more. And, uh, you know, sat at the table with, uh, Alexander G. Bernard and did commentary and it seemed to turn out pretty well. Everyone's pretty happy with the job that we did and and AGB is a guy that was really fun to work with. So um, it feels good to be back in Pro Championship Wrestling, guys. Uh, I've got a lot, a lot um, going on right now. And I'm going to share everything with you after we cut over to this interview right here, guys. Brian Cage, the machine, the Swolverine. Mr. GMSI, this guy right here is a superstar, no doubt about it. He's been to WWE, he's been to TNA, and he's currently in Lucha Underground doing big things. And he's from Chico, California, and I've known the guy since my first day of training. And we've had some issues, and and we talk about him. And um, it's a pretty long interview, so I'm not going to waste... Too much more time here. I want to cut over to this interview with Brian Cage. So let's get right to it. Man, so it's so it's been a couple years, and I'm sitting right here with a guy that I actually met my first day of wrestling training at the PCW Work Farm. We're here in Chico, California. I want to welcome to the show the machine, the Swolverine. Brian Cage, man. Brian, welcome to Mitch, please. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks. You, know, you missed a, a few other monikers, but we don't need to get all those in. Um, yeah, that's right. We, I was there your first day at the work farm, huh? Yeah. Wasn't there a few other people that started that day, too? You know what? Out of that class, like, Zach was in Japan that day. Yeah. So out of that class, it's me, you, and Scoot Robertson. And I remember walking in, and I saw, yeah, like... Yeah, you, you and Scoot started at the same time? Like, almost identical? Scoot started before me, but my first day, he was already there for a couple years. And we're going through stuff, and I see no, Scoot... No, Scoot was there for a couple years. Scoot was, like, 15. He started young, bro. He started at like 13 years old. I mean, he just went on that NorCal Tonight show yeah. and, t- and said he started at like 10. But well, I, he didn't start with PCW at 13, man. He went somewhere else first. I, I, he started with PCW and then he went to SPW at like 15 or 16. Oh, because I remember, I just wanted, I, I was there when he first started. 
remember too, he's walking around backwards, like working on these reverse calf raises or something like that. that <laughs> some coach, will, I don't know what the hell, but. Well, when I got there, man, I, I see Jesse Ludlow, which is a name that nobody probably knows, but he was actually a good, real, real good guy that trained with us. And it was Scoot Robertson and a couple other guys. And I'm, we're going through the jumping jacks and the hip squats. And mm -hmm. I'm just like, I'm the only one that's doing them. And then you walk in with like your bag of celery and your bag of peanut butter. Mm -hmm. And I'm like your headband. You look straight. I thought you were that guy on WWE Tough Enough. Um, they got the contract, you know what I mean? That the ended up tearing his peck or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that yeah. was you because you were all jacked up and you looked like him. So I was like, oh my God, who's this guy? Um, and then, man, I'll tell you what, I've seen you do so many things, bro. But I want to know what inspired you to be a pro wrestler. Uh, you know, the first time I ever saw it, I vaguely remember it. It's almost more of like a, a, a made up memory instead of like an actual memory that I have. But I remember. Uh, we went to go see Ronald's friend who's in town in Orland, California, which makes Chico look like freaking LA, LA, California. But uh, we went down there and they had it on TV. And I was like, what is this? You know, these, to me, like superhero people like wrestling on TV screen. I just came enamored with it. And uh, we actually, we watched for a few years and we got grounded from watching wrestling from all the roughhousing me and my two other brothers at the time uh, were doing. And, uh, and then around fifth grade, so about 10 years old, we started watching it on the DL, like, you know, <laughs> closing the make sure no one was around. So your parents banned wrestling. Yeah. I mean, they didn't like it. No, yeah, it was yeah. just because we, we kept on getting, especially me, I was, I was a bad kid. I was in fights at school all the time, and then uh, we were just roughhousing, like, all day, every day. Mom was tired of, of yelling at us, getting in trouble. So that's it, no more wrestling, period. And uh, actually, my mom's friend, too, even got us tickets to the 1993 Royal Rumble. And she said, nope, can't go. Oh, it's grounded. Man, I know. Those are expensive raise, tickets. Raise your, mom, raise your mom by heart. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, so we started watching on the DL. Uh, for a while, and then I remember one day my stepdad walked in and goes, "Hey, you guys, you guys are supposed to be watching this." Oh, like, like watching porn, like change the channel, change the channel. And, uh, and then my mom just let's watch it. But it was around that age, about ten, when I kept watching, like you know what, this is this is what I want to do. And at the time, my favorites were Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels, and then Shawn overtook the number one spot uh, for quite a while. And then uh, obviously, as I got older and smartened up to the business a little bit, I started appreciating other people. And one of my good uh, became good friends with Chris Candy too, that really helped. Break me and give me some opportunities that led to me uh, to, I guess, where my career has fallen now today. Yeah, I want to talk about MWF, man, because it's still in Chico. I, I live here, basically, and I hear about it still. You know what I mean? Second and Warner, the house with the ring and, <laughs> and everything else, man. So it's like I've heard a bunch of different things. I never got to experience an MWF show. But like, oh, no, huh? Never, bro. Never. I, I started right at the end of MWF. But, like, how did it all start? So, okay, MWF originally was Manzanita Wrestling Federation. Because I lived at Manzanita Apartments, this townhouse is right by PV. <laughs> and uh, it was just me and, because uh, we couldn't roughhouse inside anymore. You know, this was years later after we could start you know, watching wrestling again. Probably was like seventh grade. Um, but me and like my brothers and all the neighborhood kids, we'd get, there's this little front, uh, I'm, I'm describing my fingers like everyone listening can see it. But uh, it's like the left, there's this little field. It was like a perfect little circle with like a cement outline. So that was like the ring bounds. And we'd always have, like Royal Rumbles, and uh, they were shoot. It wasn't all work, and we'd all try to you know really eliminate each other. And I'd always try to work my younger brother to help me eliminate everybody else, get some of the older kids out, and then I could throw him out and so I'd win. <laughs> and then it progressed from that to uh, so you have the psychology down. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and then it progressed from that to all of us trying to like uh, emulate somebody. So it was kind of like it wasn't like a full on like backyard wrestling yet, but it was uh, where we. Just do moves each other, and like we kind of let each other do stuff, but then still, like the older or bigger kids would always win. And uh, I remember this is the best. You had to be someone that you look like or your name resembled. So I was usually Brian Christopher. That's my middle name. 
uh, or uh, I lucked out and everyone thought I looked like Benoit and Lex Luger, so those were two pretty good prime selections. And then everybody else was, like, one of my brother was Justin, so he's always Justin Hawk Bradshaw, because that was his name at the time, yeah. JBL and whatnot, so on, so on. And then we had the, we had the token black friend, and uh, <laughs> he's, he's like, I want to be Shawn Michaels. I'm like, bro, you can't be Shawn Michaels. And he goes, what, why? I'm like, come on. I'm like, let's be honest. We all would love to be Shawn Michaels, but we can't. And, I mean, and, and you can't. And he would look at me, and I was trying to be racist about it. Like, you know you can't. He goes, well, I don't want to be Farouk or Ahmed Johnson. Because <laughs> oh, like black great. guys at the time. But uh, so it progressed from that to, like, you know, the more uh, stereotypical backyard wrestling. But we weren't jumping off of, uh, you know, houses and through flaming tables. We said it was wrestling in a backyard. We're not backyard wrestling. And I remember the day came where we, we taped ourselves for the first time and watched it. We're like, oh, my, how can we ever do this the whole time? And so on, so on. It progressed to, like, where we wanted to get a ring. So we made this makeshift ring, which is plywood. Zip tied together, taped down on top of a trampoline. So you had like the board impact with the the give uh, from the trampoline, and uh, 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 maybe around that time, I know I'd done some stuff with Canyon. And I, th- I think that might have been when I'd done a few things with PCW as far as training wise. And my buddy, uh, two other buddies, and myself, put enough money together to get a ring. So that'd be awesome. We set up in my friend's backyard, which was Second Warner, otherwise okay. known as Warner Street Stadium, and uh, <laughs> we started to do. Uh, some practices there, and just like I was just basically taking some stuff I learned from PCW, trying to do it with everyone else who want to train with us, and other friends, and whatnot that did the backyard stuff with us, and uh, it just progressed from that. I'm like, dude, we should do shows, and then it was you know just a few people here, there, our friends and family type of deal, and then just started to grow more and more and more. And I mean, that one show, remember that? We're freaking the main event. I think was Scales and Stevo, and that the whole we had like hundreds of people out there all throughout the street, all throughout all everywhere. Like four cop cars came just to watch it. Like it was freaking amazing. Um, so it just progressed from that, and then. Uh, so I mean, at that point though, when you when you set up the ring and you're, are you charging for tickets? No, no, we we did it all then. It was always free. And then we started doing tips, and then we donating tons of tips. So I was like saving all that money up um, to, to invest to get into a venue. It was like yeah. we got to get you on know, the insurance, the you know about that PCW with the million dollar freaking liability deal, yeah. and uh, and enough money for a venue and yada yada yada. And as soon as we did, it was like game changer and I was like oh it wants to become like a legit thing we had to get a business license and everything yeah and so you got all you were getting going with it man you were looking at like a serious business and like you said you had started training with, with Zach Reeb and yeah. Pro Championship Wrestling and there were some were there other guys as well or were you kind of like the you were the lead of the whole thing like you were the guy with the most experience the body everything was in your name right this was your baby and oh yeah yeah it was definitely my baby I controlled it all I mean I made I made the card I was sitting in, in Cinemark when I work at the Tinseltown and I'd be printing out Tickets and box office and writing out cards for months and months and months. They go, oh, Draven versus Dredge. Okay, and they'll win and they'll fight chains and all. And like, I'd have all these test tickets on all these different cards I'd be putting together in my head. Uh, and I'd put together a flyer. I'd go to flyer everything. I uh, was in charge of the ring. I'd set it up and break it down. Um, I'd book the venues. I'd talk to the promoter. I'd pay the insurance. I mean, it was everything was all me. It's a rare thing, man. I think it's a really valuable thing to be able to promote a wrestling show, man. Like for me personally, like I was promoting shows way before I was even ready to wrestle or be on a show. And it's like it's a skill where you can actually make some money if you do it properly. Were you guys making money, man? Was it a money making venture? Uh, you know, it, it was. But we put it all back into the company to try to keep it going. That's smart. Um, which unfortunately, I wish I loved them and paying all the guys. But we all just did it for. Uh, for the love of it, for the fun of it, and it was just like, um, we know if we doing it like to make money, it was just like, oh, the, the avenue of it. And uh, unfortunately, it was, it's still probably one of my favorite times ever in wrestling, and it just flared up enough, like you said, too, while I was the most serious. Like, there's a few other guys that went to PCW for a little bit, but um, like me and the like, PCW Joe, I guess, and Dredge were like the three mainstays, but I was, like I said, this has been my dream since I was 10, so as soon as I started to go out and start doing all the indie wrestling on my own, um, 
also too at that time like MWF had started to like water down and everybody was getting kind of tired of all like all the help I'm like look man I think too going back to I think the most successful promotions are the ones where the promoter is not a wrestler it's really hard yeah. to wrestle and promote at the same time but well, uh, book really like like promoting yeah. I, I like I, I want to disagree with you because I think you're you're right I think if you're booking the card and you're well, on the show, that's kind of an issue that well, a lot of well, people I mean, run into. Well, I mean, if the person does everything, so the promoter, booker, everything, like, yeah. like I was, trying to do the whole show and do your own business was, like, show days were awesome, but they were the most stressful thing in my life, because everybody was <laughs> all in place, trying to get everybody there, everybody take care of this, everybody equally do this and that, and then... Everything's you know. on your back, and you got to worry about your match. Yeah, and then <laughs> I'm trying to talk about the card, and who's who's going over, and what, how much time, and i got to worry about my match, and put my stuff, and I fucking forgot this, i got to go across town, and you know... And then just, complaints from other yeah. people you got to deal with, oh, I, I, I know, you know bro. Everybody's helping, I was doing a concession <laughs> stand, and freaking had people like, oh, I need this, I need that, my mom was like, oh, I need tickets for... I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. But, um... Uh, going back to it, it just, it just started to, like... People were doing less and less, and they just wanted to just wrestle. I'm like, look, man, I'm doing my own thing. I'm trying to span out and do my own indie wrestling, and uh, I can't have time to have everything just fall in my I can't be the one, only one flyer. I can be the only one freaking set up and yeah. break another ring. I can be, like, like, I'm not getting anything out from this either. I'm like, I know nobody else is either. Like, this is just kind of our little baby that we're having. But I'm like, if it's going down, then it's going down. And I remember, too, like, we had a, we had a sweet insurance deal. <clears throat> where uh, I had to pay a monthly thing no matter we worked or not, mm. but uh, it covered like any venue we wanted, as many venues. Yeah, because you guys ran a lot of venues. I mean, there was this, the Warner Stadium. Yeah. There was a bar downtown. I think it's Lost on Main now. Yeah, it, it was, was Lucky's Den. Lucky's Den. Uh, Cal Skate, Off the Wall Soccer, the Veterans Hall. Yeah, um, we, we did quite a few. You yeah. did quite a few venues, man. And and to me, uh, I've seen a, a couple couple shows at like Calskate. Yeah. I, I think the most talked about MWF event was you versus Canyon. Yeah, yeah. We, oh, because we did the fairgrounds too over there as well. Because we did uh, that was a big thing too. So I always wanted some of the buddies with Canyon, you know, help to uh, give me some great opportunities, train with them a little bit. But I used to always talk about uh, the fanboy me, like, hey, what's the opportunity of us wrestling? He goes, well, I can't go wrestling in the backyard, kid. You know, you got after a real ring and blah blah blah. And how were you talking to him? Was it like through email? Uh, through, well, it started through email. Then freaking through the phone, and then like whenever they were in town, when he's with the Fed, I get tickets, and we'd hang out, and so and so, so on, so on. Uh, me and uh, old Iron Weaver from from MWF days actually went to New York to see this indie show of his, and uh, he was like, "Oh, hey, you guys, you guys leave after the show. You guys want to hang out for a couple days in New York, and we can do this and do that." And I go, oh, well, our flight's already changed. And I was like, Jamie, see if you can change the flight in the freaking the hotel. And he called and said his girlfriend was having a baby, and we had to go back now. We had to switch something around or whatever he lied about, and. Uh, we went and hung out with him, and I remember that was a talk initially, like wholeheartedly. Cause he knew I always wanted to work him, and always talk about you know wrestling stuff. You guys wrestled twice, right? Yeah, yeah. And he said, he's like, hey, look, you can't, you have to get a ring. I remember when I got a ring. I was like, hey, look, we have a real ring. He goes, no, no, you guys have to have a real company though, and like, in, and running real venues. And then we were I'm like, hey, look, we are. And then one day, back at, at box office again at Tinseltown, I get a phone, a phone call in this canyon. I start answer it, you know, breaking the law. And uh, good thing Bickley didn't walk in, but. uh uh, and I go, I go, what's up, man? He goes, hey, you guys running a show July 14th? I go, no, why? He goes, oh, because I have a show the day before in, like, the Bay Area. And I was like, I could say I could come work with you guys if you guys were on the day before or day after. I'm like, oh, well, fuck, we are now. So <laughs> I booked the awesome. show. And that's, that was, that's still probably my top three favorite matches of all time. Yeah. Um, it was amazing. And then uh, he called up with the idea to do another one right after Hurricane Katrina as a uh, benefit show. And uh, then we put that together. Uh, that October, following that July, and had the had the rematch. Both in Chico, right? Yeah, both in Chico. So to get get and wrestle my my icon in my hometown, man, was pretty pretty awesome. Seriously, I, I can only imagine, man. And and you know, MWF closed down in what 2006. Um, yeah, the last show we had we had the Random Rumble, 
at Mr. Lucky's was the last show there, which was amazing. It was, it was it was shoot random. Like I was like, we gotta make something fancy. So I went and bought like twenty homie dolls, like the little homie like fifty cent figure. Okay. Out of the the bins. Yeah. And I I wrote his name down in these little uh, plastic containers. I put them in there, and had the audience members get uh, asked, you know, to draw out the names. So they draw two names, and that was the match. So everything was on the fly improv. Oh, wow. And then Bickley, who's the commissioner. Was the shoe commissioner, so he would decide around the spot, like, okay, this is what the matches are going to have, or like, this is match third, or this is the main event, or whatever. So everything was 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 shoot. He was the real deal commissioner. He made all the shots, and we had no idea. I'm like, let's just do that; it'll be fun. And it actually turned out to be a fucking amazing show. And there was nobody there too for it. Like, for like we started pretty late too because we're waiting, and there's like nobody there out of nowhere. The whole place packed out. I mean, Tommy, in the background, you were there, right? Yep. And Rick was walking around and go, "What's your name? Where are you from?" <laughs> and they have him draw the name. But uh, it, it became one of the awesomest shows. And then we did um, the NorCal Invasion, I think it was at Cal Skate, and then it just kind of it just kind of stopped, man. We had because we, we're supposed to keep running at Vets Hall, and then like the 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 arrangement we had with Cal Skate and the Vets Hall was going to shut down, and like I said, a lot of people were like flaking on everything and it was falling on my shoulders. So hey, let's have one more farewell show at Warner Street Stadium. We'll just have a send off and you know kind of close up a bunch of some matches that's never happened and some in some feuds and just be free and like a throwback and that'll be that because I'm gonna do my own thing. And so that's how I kind of just. It ended, and everybody was talking about, oh, it'd be cool to bring it back, cool. but, you know, it's it's far gone away, and I'd have no interest in ever. Even though I loved it, I would never want to do it never again. Never want all that stress again, no. right? Well, and then you went on, you went on to all pro wrestling, right? You went on to pro wrestling revolution, pro championship wrestling. You were the first inter-California champion there. Yeah, yeah. Um, what were some of your uh, fondest memories of, you know, that, of, of MWF, and then kind of branching away and kind of just making it on your own? Um, you know, quite honestly, I, I mean, I loved it. I loved getting to wrestle everywhere because I mean, there's a lot more NorCal uh, federations that seemed at the time, you know, with NAW2 and Brawl and SPW. And SPW. Yeah. All, and uh, I was making all the rounds. And I remember, too, APW trying to big league me. And, uh, yeah, for anybody who doesn't know, my, I have no love loss for Roland, even though he's gone. But I don't wish death upon anybody. But I'm one person that wasn't. Uh, you know, didn't kiss his ass and pretend like I was his best friend. Like, so many people, uh, like, if they get upset or not, but, like, hated on rolling APW for so long. And then all of a sudden, I know he tried to change a new leaf or whatever as when he knew he was, you know, terminally ill. And then he was like, oh, Roland was so great. And he did this for us. Oh, and he saw this. And so I'm like, man, you guys don't just kiss his fucking ass for no You know, he's a fucking bastard. Like, no joke. He's legit one of the carny promoters. And, uh... I never had any problem, per se. I never liked him, but I was like, whatever. But he buried me... To this uh, this foreigner that was trying to train, and he wanted to pay me to train him, and he was like looking at these places, and he said that like APW quoted like ten grand because he had money, and he's like the foreigner, so he didn't know anything. Yeah. I'm like, bro, do not go pay ten thousand dollars at APW. I'm like, who are you get trained by fucking Jekylls or, or Dana? You know, both cool women personally, but they're they're not worth ten G's to train with. I agree. And uh, he's like, he's like, oh, why told me I was going to train with you, and he he basically was going on burying me. I'm like, no, I got no heat with Roland. Like, we're not friends. I don't like him, but there's no, like, issue. He goes, I swear. And I go, call him up and put him on speaker. So he calls him, puts him on speaker, fucking puts me on blast, man. So I don't know, you know, the roost look from Roost Watch. He's a fucking yarder. He's never been trained. He's a spot monkey. He got released because he never knew what he was doing. Like, no one wants to book. They just throw me on the bus like crazy. I'm like, this motherfucker. When was this? Uh, 2011, I think. 
Okay. So yeah. b- before we get there, if I can, if I, if you don't mind cutting you off here, I want to talk about your first time when you got signed, man, because you were running, you were, like you said, you're making your rounds, you were doing all the stuff in NorCal, and then all of a sudden, what was it, 2007, 2008, 2008, yeah. you got, uh, remember your send-off show in, yeah. uh, in Oroville for PCW, and, um, and then I remember you... You are going down there and and what was the experience like that first time? And where did you go? Did you go to Georgia? No, I went to FCW. I was in uh, man, we're all over the place. Okay, wait, let's backtrack. Okay. First, first, I'll just, I'll just cut through some stuff quickly with the NorCal scene. Uh, it was awesome, man. I, I remember the first breakout match I had in UWA actually with Mike Rain that helped get me booked everywhere else. And Rick Luxury was a big fan of mine. Um, PCW was my home fed. I loved that. And we had the hottest crowds. Um, and it was the closest drive because like everywhere I was driving was solo. Like it was like a three hour at least, you know, one way. But um, I mean, one thing if I look back now and complain, I don't want to sound uh, like a whiner about it. But I hated was like Tom was like the new guy, but I always felt like I was pretty gifted in the ring, and I also looked better than most everybody else. So I thought like I came out and I already had like a, a separation from all the wrestlers. So like just coming out, I'm like, oh look, he's right here. And everyone would just fucking put me, put someone else over on me, and every fed always like I was. You know, like one in one hundred. But they'd have no problem putting you on the post, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, and all my friends, I never get to come when they buy tickets. Are like, dude, how can we never win? Like, he look. I'm like, I know. And I just felt like <laughs> I was like, oh look, if Brian's already over from you looking good and being good in the ring, like let's just put a real stuff because they'd be that much more over. And PCW was one of the few people that that uh, actually got to win some matches at. But uh, I mean, whatever. I know it's business. And it was all clicky, and you know, I was cool with any everybody. I guess nobody was like really like my like super buddy pal. And, uh, you know, a lot of people would, would hang out afterwards or they'd go drink or, or smoke or do whatever. And I would just show up, hey, got my food, okay, wrestled, love you guys, see you guys later, and go back to the freaking home because I had to work the next day and then do the next show or whatever. So I guess I never got, like, super in with that. And I guess that's that's how it how it fell apart. But, um, uh, you know, it, it still, like I said, still had a blast. I mean, I loved the, the idea of being able to travel everywhere and, and breaking in, break in, you know, the, the hard way, if you will, so to speak. And I did like that, the fact that going back to APW, too. They would uh, they would shit on everybody else. They'd be like, oh, you can't wrestle for them. You can't like. Remember they had all their students like brainwashed. Like it was only APW. Then they kind of buddy with PCW. But um, I'm like, hey, look, I'm not an APW guy. I'm not a PCW guy. I'm a fucking independent wrestler. Like I'm gonna wrestle wherever I want to wrestle. I'm like you guys don't even pay me to wrestle. And then they're <laughs> trying to get me to pay them to come out and wrestle because I'm going to pro camp. I'm like pro camp. I train with Ollie. <laughs> I train with Ollie in prime time every fucking week. I'm like the only reason I'm here is because I drive Zach's ass down here. I'm like you're not gonna make me pay. Get the hell out of here. Like it was ridiculous. I remember. But, I remember those. I remember those pro camps where we're rolling wanted fifty bucks from everybody. I'm like, and like hold on, like, ah. you want me to drive down, bring one of the trainers, and wrestle for free, and then pay you fifty dollars. <laughs> I'm like, am I the only one who think you're high, or what's, what's oh, going on man. here? Well, I mean, Roland was who he was, and he was successful, and um, yeah, and it did, not a lot of people liked him, but you know, he was who he was. He was, you know, he's a legend in NorCal, and everyone sure, has sure. respect for I'm him. Not, but I'm not trying to say he didn't do anything that he yeah. didn't have a promotion. You know, he had to be on the mat stuff. I'm not trying to take anything away from his, his credentials. I'm just, uh, and I'm not even trying to talk shit on him per se. Uh, I'm just calling a spade a spade. I'm not going to try to act like he was yeah. somebody that he wasn't, like everybody else did, you know, at, at, towards the end. Like, even Gabe Ramirez, who was very close to him, even said, yeah, Roland's an asshole, for sure. So, I mean, it just is what it is. But anyways, yeah, so, the Farewell Show, PCW, matter of fact, oh, speaking of APW, because I remember, uh, I, I remember what falling out I did have with them, but they are trying to book me uh, on one of my last weekends, because I had, like, the NAW Farewell Show, and SPW1, and, and PCW1. And APW was trying to get me down there. And they're like, oh, hey, you know, we're wondering if you're available for this. I don't remember what they did that, like, kind of ticked me off. I go, ah, 
I'm like, you know what? No, I'm busy that weekend. I'm going to go hang out with friends. And they're like, oh, but, 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 but no, we're going to book you against recollection. I'm like, yeah, I'm already working Rick at NAW before I leave. They're like, oh, but we'll actually pay you this time, too. I'm like, yeah, that's nah, okay. Don't worry about it. So it felt good to be like, nah, forget you guys. But uh, so I had the farewell show there. Remember, I did the just a little run in thing with Venice DeMarco. Um, BCW's also was probably the place that sold the most merchandise, which was also another plus to it. But um, And then I went out to uh, FCW. Yeah, I was going to say, what led to WWE contacting you, man? Like, so, did you do a dark match? Yeah. I remember something about a dark match. What, what, what so, led to that? So before that, I went out to Deep South Wrestling, um, through Canyon's hookup. So I was uncontracted, but I got, got in through the doors. And uh, I was the only guy uncontracted that was there every training camp, every, every show, every house show, every TV taping. So I basically was full-time part of the roster. I just wasn't signed. Um, unfortunately, I missed like the one day because I moved to Marietta from Atlanta. And I got mixed up on the freeways because of construction or whatever. And I just wasn't going to make class in time. So I just turned around and went home. And that was the day John Ace came out, came down trying to give other guys the contracts. And actually, the only guy that was in my spot was Johnny Curtis, who's Fandango. Mm-hmm. And he got signed that day, and I didn't because I wasn't there. But uh, they closed down. Uh, they separated ties with deep, deep, deep South. And uh, they moved everything down to Florida with Steve Kern. And I was like, man. And my son was – I moved out there when he was like six months old. And I told uh, his mom gave me permission to, and I said, "All right, well, it's not working, and it closed down. Like, I'll, I'll come back." So I moved back home, and uh, because of that, being on the radar, and actually helped through Luke Cox and uh, um, uh, freaking oh my goodness, freaking Showbiz Bill, with the, the guy that has it books for everybody. Why am I? I can't remember his name. Um, like he wants to see Bill Laptor, but that's that's the magazine. Uh, Come on, the oh, TNA guy. That books? No, 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 no. The guy that books everybody. That like you know, that's not in WWE. Or, like he's the agent to book everybody. Oh, okay. Like, I don't know. Big I names. don't know the name. I know that you know. Oh, I can't believe I can't, believe I can't think of him. But uh, before we go there, Brian, let me just say this: a lot of people don't know this man. Like when you know you're talking about the MWF ring, and when you left to um, WWE the first time in 2008, um, you know the PCW where we both trained. We didn't have a school, bro, from 2006 to 2010. We didn't have a place to train. I was on the road trying to learn and everything else and getting in trouble. And But you actually said, hey, man, I know you don't have a place to train. You live here. Everything's three hours away. And you said, come use my MWF ring whenever you want. And, um, dude, I'll tell you what. I, I bumped my ass off for years in that for when you know as long as i could before you had to take take it away and i i just want to thank you i don't know if i thanked you before but man thank you so much for for giving me that damn ring time that i needed so badly to get better with my bumps and everything else because without you i wouldn't have had a ring all that time to train in so much so so thank you man and you know and in w they let you go did they give you a reason that first time like they I know you said it closed down, but well, I wasn't. I was under contract in Deep South the first time. Okay, so I, I, I just chose to go back home. It was like, oh, you should go to Florida. I'm like, no, no, I, you know, because my kid. I'm like, I made a promise to his mom, so I went back home, and it wasn't too long that I got a phone call. Uh, that's the same through through Luke and through um, why well, I can't remember his name, but uh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, they booked me. Uh, I believe actually Tommy Dreamer that called me uh, and booked me for for Luca shows. Um, How did that feel, bro? That first time getting a call. Dude, it was so awesome. I'll tell you what, me and um. My sister's mom had split up, and I remember the night before, uh, she was talking to me. She's like, you know what? Yeah, I was talking a lot to your friends, and they all think you're foolish, that your you know, dreams of trying to be this big professional wrestler and make a WWE are never going to come to fruition, and you're foolish. And, blah. and I don't know if she's telling the truth or if she's trying to stick one because we split up, and you know, she was just trying to get back at me. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Wake up in the morning, boom, email. Hey, Brian, are you available for WWE for these three dates? I was like, oh, suck it. <laughs> so I was like, hell yeah. I did the loop of shows, and... Uh, it was a Raw and two SmackDown tape. It was two SmackDown tapings before they went to Australia. 
for like a tour, and then Raw, which was actually the first, uh, I think it was the first win a million dollar thing when my events would like have people call in to try to win a million bucks or whatever. Okay, if yeah. You remember that ordeal? And uh, I, had, I had a dark match the first day I was there. Everybody loved me. I got knocked out by uh, Jimmy Wang Yang from a huge cross body. I remember thinking, like, oh, I'm going to bump this motherfucker like crazy. I turned around. I jumped up. I caught him in the air. And I landed right on top of my head. Oh. And out I was. Yeah. And I remember I kicked out. I shoot kicked out. Everyone was knocked out. And the referee counted three anyways. And they picked me up, like, to throw me over the ring. The ref's like, no, no, he's hurt, he's hurt. And I'm, like, staggering, like, 30 styles boxing my dukes up. <laughs> and I just put my hands down. And I pass out. My head goes, do 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 down each rope. And uh, the trainers came out. Whatever. I've seen the tape. That's how I know all this. And, uh, yeah, I was out cold. And they wouldn't let me do anything the next day. And I'm thinking, like, I was going to get signed. Even Noble was like, yeah, boy, you're going to get signed. Like, you know, Ace loves you. And then I was like, I, I shit the bed. So I, I asked Noble to uh, talk to him for me. And uh, he's like, oh, I didn't get to, man. Sorry, you know, we're busy. But we got your information. Yada, yada. He's like, you know, we'll give you a call maybe later on and try to use you again. And I'm like, nah, fuck, that ain't good enough. So I find Ace, and he's, I'm trying to wait for a moment to talk to him, he's talking to here, talking to there, he's all over the place, so I say, fuck it, I'm just going to take one shot. So I walk up and go, hey, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, man, uh, I want it, and I put my hand out to shake it, and he waves it off, and goes, no kid, you're, you're interrupting me, I got no time for that, and then like, walked away, I'm like, oh shit, I'm like, well, I guess there it goes, so I was like, you know, I'll just go to Oakland, I'll get some rest, wake up, go eat some awesome catering, chill, watch the show, like nothing else I can do. Um, I go out to the ring, because there's different people, they don't know that I was concussed, so I, I get the snooker some ring time, man. And I remember right when I get undressed and like, go to watch the show, Johnny taps me on the shoulder, brings me into his office, and uh, long story short, gives me a contract. He goes, I'm sorry if it was rude for you the other day, but you know, when you say you're not interrupting somebody, you know, that is what you're doing, but whatever. He's an ass. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so I got signed, and uh, then I went to FCW, man, and it was awesome, and a lot of people from Deep South were there, including Dr. Tom Pritchard, which is like probably hands down the best trainer. Actually, too. Pritchard is amazing, Norman's amazing, and right up there with those two guys is, is Oliver John for sure. I think he's a phenomenal trainer. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, man, it was a great time. I got no uh, no hard feelings as far as my time there. It was it was phenomenal. How and, long were you there for? Uh, only only a year and a half. And you were Wasn't doing like the 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 Swolverine gimmick, but it was like it was some. What was your name? Uh, well, well, they switched it. I was I was regular the whole time, and I actually got teamed up with Justin Gabriel um, for a while. We had an awesome match with Trent and Kaylin Croft and and Tyson Kidd, and we. It was going great. And then, yeah, Dusty Rhodes actually was like, hey, man, you're out there. You're great. You can work great. Like, you're phenomenal. We need something to separate you from everybody else. He goes, like, everybody says you, he goes, everybody says you look like that, uh, that one guy, that, that, that honey badger. He's like, Matt, Matt, what's his name? He goes, Wolverine. He goes, yeah, yeah, that Wolverine guy. But you can't be Wolverine because that's license. So you got to come with something else. So I'm, I'm like, okay, I got to come with some superhero thing. So I just stole uh, from Marvel versus DC. There's uh, Dark Claw, which was Wolverine and Batman crossed together. So I kind of stole that design and just made myself Nightclaw. And uh, I never really got the fully debut. I had tons of tape promos for the office and uh, costume design stuff and photo shoots and all that shit. I did a couple darks. And then um, I actually tore my groin in a, in a practice match like during training because it's so cold in there. You just have to get your seat and go. I tore my groin. It's a match against Ryback, actually. And uh, I got put in this match not too long afterwards when I wasn't supposed to work because I was hurt. But this girl was doing this news article about FCW and was focusing on me for whatever reason, and uh, and then she just wanted to expose the business with Steve Booter, and they're like, well, you're still on the card. He goes, well, just go out there and have like a two-minute squasher. Like, just let them get heat on you. You come back right away. One, two, three, it's over. So I, right away, chick hands me out the ring. I hold on. I go to springboard in, and I can't springboard because my torn groin, so I just feed in for the boot because he's supposed to cut me off. Problem is, he throws the boot like 20 feet away, like across the ring. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's 
like two body parts or two full-length people between us. So I just kind of fall in the ring like a retard. And he gets <laughs> on me, whatever. We don't really get shit on by the crowd. Match was fine. And then that, that was a big, big show, though, because, like, four different agents were there and four different people's dads were there. So, like, the office, of course, watches that show misses the hundreds of other matches I've had for them. They're awesome. And they say the, they're going to let me go based on that. And it was the Chris Logan. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah, that was my name. That was my, it, was, it was not called was the gimmick name that I switched to, but Chris Logan was uh, was what I switched my name to from Brian Cage because I couldn't have Brian Cage. And that was based on Chris for, for Chris Canyon and Logan for Wolverine. Yeah, and I remember like Mike Shoup was telling me, and he was showing me videos of the gimmick, and uh, I liked it, man. I thought like you could have done something with like the Hurricane, you know what I mean? Because it was like, said, yeah, because Hurricane came back to where I thought he was about to debut. And he kind of stole some of my shit, but I was like, hey, this is cool though, because we were going to either tag the idea was the first tag or do superhero, supervillain thing. Okay, because I was always doing like face promos that were kind of dark with their face, and I kind of switched it to uh, semi heelish for the office, but you know, it went nowhere and. Uh, uh, I got I got released and all the agents, or all the trainers there like had my back. I'm like, oh no, you want to get rid of, rid of this guy? He's awesome. And Johnny's uh, told me like, oh well, if he's that good, I guess we'll just sign him again, won't we? And, uh, and how I, old were you at the time? Uh, fuck, 26. Okay, so I mean, still young though. Yeah. You know? So were you? I mean, you you obviously you were still dead set on getting bookings. Yeah, and you know, I, I I went from you know getting a salary weekly paycheck from WWE. My goal the whole time of my life was to get signed. By the time I was 24, so I accomplished that, and then I went back down. And I started living with my buddy in SoCal, down in LA area, and I never really wrestled in SoCal. And unfortunately, at that time, we had TV locally, but not like not nothing like NXT. So even though I was under contract with WWE, nobody knew me still. Right. So then I went from you know getting a salary weekly paycheck from WWE to begging to get on shows for 20 bucks again. So it was like starting all over. But I said, like, you know what? Fuck, I don't care. I'm gonna earn my keep. They're gonna see me. I'm gonna bust my ass, and I'm gonna get freaking. Booked on this show and booked on that show and booked on this show and get paid more and more and more. And uh, what really helped break me out was I paying my dues and I finally got booked on PWG. Yeah. And once I got booked on PWG, man, that's sort of just everybody in the mom watched PWG. I was getting booked on all these other indie shows and, and so on and so on and so on. And uh, it just really opened a lot of the, the doors to go in everywhere else. I got to do a few different tri- uh, deals with TNA and they were stupid and didn't sign me either. Yeah, I saw that you were on the gut check. I, I did the gut <laughs> check thing. I, I was brought back for Destination X. And I was supposed to be signed from that too, and they just—I mean, I guess to their defense, they brought me in for a dark match. I was supposed to get signed, and that's like when Hogan took over. And then they brought me in for another dark match. They said, "Okay, look, we want to use you with this, you do this gut check thing." So I come for the gut check. They're like, "Don't worry, you're going to get signed either way, win or lose. We want to use you." I'm like, "Okay, cool." Then I don't remember—I didn't get the contract, which was BS. But uh, there's some reason why like stuff kind of slowed down there. Then they brought me back for Destination X, and they even told me Bob Ryder told me he's like, "Hey, this was kind of a." Management and myself, a lot of people thought that you should have won. The gut checks was kind of a way to say sorry and another opportunity for you. And I go, oh, so we're going to, you know, do more work? He goes, oh, yeah. He gives me the wink of the trust. We'll, we'll be talking. We'll be doing business. I'm like, awesome. And then, like, I was CCing a lot of emails and stuff. And I thought something was coming, but that's right when they lost their contract with Spike. Mm. And it kind of went down. So I just kind of lost con- con- uh, contact with him on that. And then that's I – knew, I knew Lucha wanted to use me for, for months and months and months before it was ever taping. And so I just went that way because I got uh, I offered a contract between them and AAA, so I just took that and 
Be- before that, I mean, yeah, AAA, I, I want to talk about your AAA stuff and your Lucha Underground stuff, but you had a lot of stuff going on, man. Like, you were in a movie, you have, of course, you have your, everyone knows when they look at you, you're a bodybuilder, you had bodybuilding, like, contests you were in, so, I mean, you had a lot of stuff going on. Did you ever see yourself getting away from wrestling and, and focusing and doing something else? No, no, wrestling was still the the, the be-all, end-all. Like, everybody says that, too, like, when I, when I told them I got signed by WWE, like, oh, I'm a pro wrestler, like, oh, you're going to go to the movies, oh, you're going to do UFC, oh, you're going to do this, oh, you want to be a pro bodybuilder or a wrestler? I'm like no wrestling 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 like I love bodybuilding I'm, I'm passionate about that um I got I got hurt at the end of 2010 and uh I separated my shoulder real bad I couldn't do much and uh go for calling in and uh I uh I got super out of shape people pick up pictures from, from the internet in 2011 because I looked fucking terrible um I was super broke I was depressed like uh, I, I couldn't lift, I couldn't train at all. Just life had me in the in the ruts, man. Just, you just... still look better than everybody else because I actually wrestled you during that time. We wrestled at the off. I think the wall. That, that was right when I was like on the upswing of it. Okay. Uh, to tell you the truth, yeah, yeah, it was like right when I started to get back in the gym stuff. So I wasn't I wasn't back to normal Brian Cage status, but I was, I was looking better. But yeah, even then, like I guess too, I felt like I did look better than most everybody. Because even then, before that, too, when I was younger, and I looked better than most everyone. Even now today, when I see a lot of the Norcal guys, like, oh, remember, remember back in the day when you were to- totally small and like you weren't in good shape? I'm like, I was so bigger and better shape than all you guys. What are you talking about? But, um, uh, yeah, so I, I'd fallen on hard times, and uh, uh, when I could start to train again, I was getting back in better shape. I was like, you know what? I always said I wanted to do a bodybuilding show, but I was always like kind of pussyfooted around it. I'm like, no, fuck it. I'm really going to do it. I dedicated myself to it and made it happen, and I, I won my class and got second in the overall first time out there and uh, I loved it I'm like you know what I'm gonna keep doing this so that became a uh, more of a hobby since wrestling was kind of more the profession then and I loved that but I know I, I never had a, uh, a desire to turn pro and go make that my full-time job and even though I love UFC or you know doing the, the small bits of acting stuff is fun like that's still not what I'm passionate about and it's hard enough to make it wrestling being as passionate as I am about it so all these other entertainment aspects or avenues if you're not Die hard, passionate about it. Like you're never gonna make it unless you just luck out and you'll get something at your feet. Which not too many people come knocking at the door to give you an opportunity. You got to go make it. So I want to I want to bring this back just a minute, Brian, because you just got a phone call right from your girlfriend. Yeah. Now I don't want to break news here on Mitch, please. <laughs> but I'm completely honored right here because Brian Cage here is continuing this conversation when his girlfriend, who can I say who yeah, it yeah. is? Yeah, people will know. This guy's got Melissa Santos calling him, one of the most beautiful women on the planet, his girlfriend, and he's continuing this interview with me. Man, I'm completely honored, and I want to congratulate you on that. Um, and I, I, I don't know, I just had, I had to bring that up, man, because I'm looking at you. I looked down, and I saw that, and that's, uh, that's awesome, man. And um, let's talk about Lucha Underground. You know what I mean? Like, like that's, uh, that was like a resurgence for you. You know what I mean? Like, here... You know, WWE, like you were saying, they were like, eh, and TNA was like, eh, but here you go, Lucha Underground, and one of the hottest things going on in pro wrestling, and they pick you up, man, what, season one, right? And, yeah, yeah. and and how did that come about, and how's that experience been? Uh, you know, it's been fantastic. I was really um, really uncertain about it at first, because like when the contracts came out, man, they were so bunk, and Joey Ryan actually took a hit, because he wanted Joey and Candice on the first season, and Candice didn't want to sign, because he was trying to go to WWE. And uh, the contracts were really bunk. And Joey kind of gathered a lot of guys together, one of me being included. And I had this uh, attorney that used to be a worker kind of try to represent us all because it was a bunk deal. And uh, uh, it, it got a lot of people better contracts, but Joey kind of paid the price for that and got heat and he didn't get brought in. Luckily, he made his way into season two, but he kind of had to wait. So he kind of <laughs> took one for the team. Um, but uh, I did a tryout when I left WWE with, with AAA. 
and Conan loved me, and then he found those boys with Norman, because him and Norman are great, and uh, he's trying to bring me out AAA, and it never happened, just because business was low, and, and drugs and violence was really bad then, too, in, in Mexico at that time, with the cartels and stuff, so he's like, I don't want to bring you down here yet, he goes, but trust me, we're going to do something in America, we want you for that. Uh, they got tied up with that, that uh, Lucha Libre crap on MTV2, if you remember that, like, was Wrestling there. Society X? No, 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 that was something different. Um... Uh, what was it called? I don't know. I just remember it was on MTV2. It was literally... I remember TJ Perkins was on there for a second. But, like, okay. it, it was a, a shit fest. It lasted for a day and a half. And, like, they were just stuck with... Uh, stuck legally in contracts forever. They, they went to court for, for years. And they ended up just paying the guy to get out of it. And then they worked with Robert. And that became Lucha Underground. So I got contacted, like, in May. They started filming in September October. Months beforehand. Like, hey, we're going to come. We want you to be part of it. We're going to go look at PWG. We're trying to get talent. You know, can you help refer us? And this Conan that was really... Had my back and support because he was big in getting a lot of the first talent and um well then we sold the contracts so i was like oh these are kind of whack and then dorian from AAA actually is the one that contacted me and made my deal and got me a little better deal with, with lucha underground and then matched the deal basically with AAA. so i was like okay lucha underground a lot of people aren't certain basically we all kind of thought it was going to be a quick payday it'd be a flash in the pan it kind of sucked because it's a bunch of tv people trying to do wrestling it'd kind of be like wrestling society x right. and i was like well at least AAA has been around forever they're not going anywhere and i'll, I'll, get, I'll, I'll get work there I'll get some international exposure. It's like, oh, F it, I'll do it. And then my first week in there, I couldn't have been more wrong about all my preconceived notions. Like, it was far and away amazing. Like, the production value, the, the crowd, the, the treatment. Oh, my God. Like, WWE, man, you're walking on eggshells. You're getting heat for this, heat for that. If you're, especially if you're being the new guy. Unless you're a top ten guy, they're, they're pushing you to the moon and rubbing your fucking feet. Like, it, it sucks there. Um, TNA was awesome. I'd never had any sort of... Uh, uh, you know, feeling like, oh, can I sit here? Can I do the, do I gotta shake hands before I go to care? Like, it was like an indie show. Everybody was cool. Everybody's chill. No one gave a shit. I was like, man, awesome. Like, you know, Sting and stuff were coming, shaking my hand first, like, and beating me. Like, I, it was so cool. Um, obviously, management and, and uh, booking wise, it's a little it's a little flat, but uh, and it's inconsistent in their business. But hey, they're still around, you know, even though business. I, honestly, with the Matt Hardy stuff and and everything i i think they have a chance to really take well, a leap you know they actually um some stuff happened with it too i know uh ownerships got got bought out the the handle a lot of stuff and it actually looks pretty promising i think matt hardy's gonna help take over a lot of the control That's and, what I hope and booking and uh, it looks really good i mean i talked to a couple guys that have the the, the guarantee contracts for them and actually like teenagers Gonna maybe start thriving a little bit, but uh, you know, people have been saying they were going out of business for the last like ten years. So yeah, since they was for fifteen years, you yeah. know, what I mean, since they started. So, I mean, and I don't want them to go out of business. I mean, people can hate on them if they want, but I mean, it's not a place to work. You know, it's people have jobs. It's it's more, uh, more you know, uh, choices of wrestling. So mm -hmm. good for them. But um, anyways, going back to but Lucha, but far and away, best treatment ever, man. They're treating us all like rock stars, movie stars. Um, I mean, it, it was amazing. Like, like we're getting per diem. We're getting put up in this, like, four- or five-star hotel. They're paying fucking mileage. If you drive in, they're flying in and out. They're paying us well. They're, I mean, it's a, they cater us all day long. They're bringing food. I'm like, why are we getting per diem? You guys give us breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like, it's so cool, man. The treatment is awesome. It's already all written out because it's a TV show about wrestling rather than a wrestling show on TV. So there's no, nobody's politicking for anything. Nobody's trying to backstab. Nobody's trying to, you know, get their shit in. And, like, are going to business for themselves. Like, we're all working together as a team uh, and a unity to, like, make the show uh, better. And, like, I think, it, I think it resembles that, too, when you watch. You see everyone's having fun. Everybody's loving it. Everybody's excited. 
and uh, I'm, I'm stoked to have been a part of it. Dude, two of the coolest things I saw on there was like it was like a it was like a promo backstage or whatever. It's like in a parking lot, and you like rip somebody's heart out. I, think, like, <laughs> I never remember what's hard, but yeah, no, the fight scene. I remember uh, Tommaso Ciampa saw it before I did, before it aired. Because I remember filming it, and I didn't know how it looked, but uh, he was like, oh my god, his cage, that's like one of the coolest things I've ever seen in wrestling. He was like, if that was, if that was me, that'd be like my like, go-to, like, oh, this is my, you know, my fucking top-tier thing I've done in wrestling. And I saw it, and I'm like, this is amazing. I had no idea it'd be so cool. And that's like, it's all that cinematic, like, vignettes and backstage stuff that they produce. It's, it's so cool to be part of, and it's, it's so much easier, too. And you get paid, like, the, the same rate to do them, so I love it. Hell yeah, man. And then another cool thing I saw, which I don't think's ever been done in wrestling, is uh, it was you and uh, uh, Prince Puma. You guys were feuding for the belt. And then you, like, ripped the belt in half, bro. Oh, yeah. I thought that was the coolest thing because, like, that's never been... Like, there's a lot of things that's been done in wrestling. Like, everything's been done, right? Nobody's ever ripped a belt in half that I can remember. So I, I just thought that was really cool, man. That's actually one of my most... Not for me, memorable, but a lot of people bring up. And uh, that actually was what that episode is what got me booked it from Dust Till Dawn, too. Because uh, he saw that and he barked out, and they're like, Do we need a body guy? And they're like, Oh, let's get Cage from Lucha Underground. Because actually, one of the brothers from, from the series from Dust Till Dawn was at that episode. He goes, You know, if you ripped the tile in half, and all, he put me over. So yeah. Robert Rodriguez used me for that. But uh, uh, the, the head writer of the show, DJ, who was uh, he's on WWE as a. Uh, Big Dick Johnson, the mm-hmm. DX guy, came out the oil and the thong and stuff. Right. But uh, he's, he's amazing. He's a great guy. But they made the title, and they, they bring it, and he goes, what the hell is this? He goes, Cage, I want you to rip that thing in half tonight. That's the ugliest piece of shit I've ever seen. We're not keeping that as our title. So nice. that's, that, it was never planned for me to rip the title. They just wanted to because they hated the title so much. That's they cool. wanted a new one, so that's the only way to get rid of it. That's the title we had for the day. So that's, that's how that happened. And then I remember seeing you a picture of you in your Donald Trump uh, gear, but I think it was all, or maybe yeah. it was just a t-shirt, but like coming out at AAA, the probably main event with Del Rio, uh, El Patron, and you know what I mean, just hail Trump or whatever it was, bro, make America great again in Mexico. I thought that was good stuff, man. I mean, were you a fear for your life at all? Because that seems like something that could really go wrong, you know what I mean, if security's not tight. Uh, you know, actually, yeah, I, I didn't even know about it. I came back, my buddy that I trained with, in the gym was like, hey, did you hear about Donald Trump stuff? I said, no, he gave me the, the rundown of all the racist Mexican uh, remarks. Uh, I thought it was hilarious. Not what he said, but the fact of using it to wrestle. I'm like, dude, I'm going to get a shirt and, and use that in Mexico. And I asked Conan, I'm like, hey, I'm going to get a shirt for freaking Triple Mania. And he's that's awesome, man. I love it. And I go, well, and I was like, for real. So I was like, do you think I'm going to get shot or anything? He goes, yeah, I could get crazy down there. Like, we've been at shows where they go, hey, hey, that people over here, like in this corner or that front row or whatever, like, don't, don't mess with them. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Okay, well, thanks for telling me. But uh, so I, I was a little concerned, and then uh, you know it's crazy because I think I get more heat from, uh, or at least it made more noise and impact in the states than it did in Mexico. Hmm. Um, and I, I was going to do it as a one-off, and then it got so much attention and so much people talking about, it, like, oh, I guess I'll do this all, and that's kind of became my persona. And then they kind of rubbed all the other heels with me, and everybody was Team Trump, and they're doing Team Trump vignettes and videos all the time. So now I get to see more, more of the heat remark, and then. Um, I thought, too, with Trump winning, I'm like, dude, this is the perfect time to give me the freaking gold and make it, you know, run with it. Yeah, no, the Trump thing, Trump winning, it's gold for comedy. It's Yeah, it's gold for wrestling angles and stuff. All right, so, Brian, you brought up Conan a couple times here, and uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Conan's podcast, man, Keeping It 100. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just I remember you were on there one time, and... Uh, I don't remember what exactly. I think Sonny's name was brought up, right? Mm-hmm. So then, so then you mentioned me, 
And um, you called me the biggest fucking scumbag of all time. Which when I first heard it, I was like, oh man, I was like, I didn't know Brian was mad at me. Um, but then I really thought, and I messaged you, but then I really thought about it. I was like, oh no, this is awesome. Like my name was on this global podcast deal, you know? And I, so I actually, I respond to it or whatever. I messaged Conan. I end up getting on the show, bro. Like Conan and Disco and all them start calling me. So again, I got to thank you again. But what, uh, is there heat, man? Because okay. let's talk that's, about it. That's perfect. I was, was going to bring this up if you didn't. But okay, so first of all, yeah, we're... How it got brought up was he was talking about like the hottest girl in wrestling. And which oh Sonny was at one point. I think everyone, especially you know, adolescents had had a thing for Sonny and I'm like, but she's fallen far from uh far far from, from where she was. Um and then I was like, oh, then of all people, she's got to date freaking Mitch Valentine too. Like that didn't that took away any sort of nostalgia she could have had left for a hotness. And I'm like, oh, who's that? I'm like, oh, the biggest fucking scumbag ever. So, anyways, I remember you messaged me about it, and Conan actually hit me up asking if he should put you on the show before he did. So I told him I was like, I was like, ah, I was like, well, I'm like, oh, that's up to you, man. I was like, I mean, he he did date Sunny because he's like, oh, we're gonna do the thing, we're gonna blast her and put her on, you know, uh, on. Uh, I'm blasting or whatever. I'm like, well, he, he didn't really date her, so like, he might have some uh, entertaining stories. Like, I don't know. So he's like, oh, okay. He's like, thanks, Cage. I think I'll get him. I'm like, yeah, sure, no no problem. And uh, I thought about two trying to bury him. Like, no, nah, he don't want that guy on the show. I'm like, I, I don't really care. But okay, so going back to the PCW days. Here, here, we'll, we'll, we'll go back to the beginning, too, when I said why I liked PCW, too, because actually that's where I made the most money. Not because I sold the most merch, but we had a ticket deal. Uh, Zach worked out with me. That's Mr. Primetime. He ran the PCW. Where I got like half of every ticket sale. So I was always hustling, trying to sell tickets to all my friends or family, whatever, and I got I got to keep half of it. I always keep half of it. I come back, you know, from WWE, I'm I'm down in down south and I remember Zach too, I'm sure he's talked to you many times on the phone where he starts talking about angles and shows and you're three hours <laughs> three later. Three years ahead of yeah, time, yeah. You're in, three hours later, you know, you're in two thousand nineteen <laughs> the main event for Extreme Measures twenty seven or whatever. <laughs> like and I'm like, Okay, cool man, cool, 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 all right, yeah. I'll, I'll see you at the show. <laughs> And so I remember we, were, we had worked the same deal, and I didn't sell tickets because I was in L.A., but I remember I had, I had managed as a, hey, look, I have this person coming, this person coming, like, I'll, I'll keep the head count or whatever. He was like, yeah, 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 cool. We'll work out when we get there, and we'll, we'll have the same money split thing. So I go, I remember I get my envelope. And I remember at the time before I left, I, was, I think I bumped up to, like, uh, 60 bucks, I think, was getting my, my normal payout before the ticket split, before merch. And uh, I get the envelope, and there's only 50 in there. And I'm like, huh. That's already ten dollars short. I'm like, Where's, what, what, what's up the ticket money? So I go, hey, hey Zach, what's up with the uh, what's up with the payout, man? What's up the ticket? And he goes, oh, I don't know, man. You gotta talk to Mitch. And I go, what? And he goes, oh, you gotta talk to Mitch. I'm like, yeah, but I make the deal with Mitch. I made it with you. And he goes, oh, well, Mitch had a little money. You go talk to him. So then I'm like, this motherfucker. I'm like, all right, he's just passing the buck off. So then I come talk to you. I'm like, hey, man. He goes, no, that's the only money we have, man. There's no deal. I'm like, what, what do you mean there's no deal with that? And he's like, uh, uh. No, that, that's that's what we said. Like that, that, that's what we got. And then Rick got involved, and you guys were talking back and forth. And I'm like, look, Mitch, you know I had the ticket deal the whole time, and you're kind of playing like dumb with it. Like, no, no, I don't want another ticket deal. I'm like, I like these motherfuckers. And I'm sitting there, and it was like the first time coming back to think to Chico, really. Yeah, it was like, a, yeah, not for us, but just in general. Because like all my family was there, we're all waiting at freaking Jacks or something to go eat, and everybody's waiting for me in Orville. I'm sitting and waiting for the pal forever, and you come and like you guys give me, uh, I think it was like ninety then, which was. Like, lower compared to how many people came. I don't remember how many people came to the show. But, like, oh, is that cool, man? Is it just let you know. I was, like, the most we paid anybody or whatever at the show. And I was, like, I was like, whatever, man. It is what it is. And I left. And I was hot. But I was, like, I was more hot, too, that I had to wait forever. Except it was waiting for me, all my family. And then 
remember getting an email from, from you too. They're like, oh, hey, after I got Zach's like five years of planning of what we're going to do, where we're going forward. You know, hey, this is the deal now. Like, don't worry, you're not on the next show or this show or what. Basically, I'm not you being used again. I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, hold, hold, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. I thought all this would go, oh, no, no, no. What? I don't remember the verbiage you used, but I was like, these motherfuckers. I'm like, and, and two, it hurt more because, like I said, PC, I wasn't anybody's guy, but PCW was my home fed. Yeah. So then I was like, then I got shot by that. I'm like, you know what, man? Fuck that. So I was really hot. And then um, I remember, so there was like no communication. That was it. And I talked to you or didn't talk to Zach. And then I remember I get re signed. <laughs> For, for a hot second before they resend my contract. I remember like, like right after I get resigned, all of a sudden I get a message from you. Yo, Brian, can you give me and Zach some tickets for, for Raw tonight? And I'm like, <laughs> what? Are you fucking serious? And I'm like, um, I don't even, I'm not gonna even respond. And like a second goes by, or I mean maybe a couple minutes, and then I get the question mark. Like, hurry up and fucking answer me, bro. Why are you talking? I'm like, this, are you serious? I'm like, bro, I'm not getting tickets for you. No freaking way. Or whatever I say. And, uh, uh, maybe I should have because I got rescinded. So, but uh, I didn't go back to WWE. Um, anyways, like I think it was the end of 2011, I believe when I came back and I worked you. Yeah. Uh, so okay. So because um, because I remember a couple things because I do. I'm glad we're talking about this, bro. And I'm glad we're talking about it live on Mitch, please for everyone to everyone to hear. Because half the coolness about doing this. So Zach will tell you this, and I'll tell you this. The reins of PCW and the, the all the responsibilities and everything that I had at 20 years old, 22 years old, I wasn't ready for it, man. Like, I wasn't ready to tell Brian Cage and Adam Thornstow and Rick Luxury what they're doing and, and pay them. Like, I was not ready for that position, but I was in that position. And I remember whatever we paid you in Oroville and you weren't happy about that and I said something like well you got your merch you made right and I yeah, said something yeah, like yeah, that say, so I remember like, that I remember that she said I don't even want you to play you got merch I was like motherfucker that's the merch I had to pay for to get to sell <laughs> I know it was a horrible horrible comeback but then yeah you came back and we wrestled I wrestled you that first night yep. when you came back in Chico and um, I, I don't remember issues that night I remember you also came back and you wrestled AJ Kirsch mm-hmm. so it was either the AJ Kirsch no, night okay so I came back I came back like okay I'll come I remember I was gonna wrestle you too and uh, you know too your your uh, um, reputation I guess um, supersedes itself yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a little because you know like, like I also said too like like you've done a lot of not smart choices you, you know a lot of the boys have their own Mitch stories I mean you got your little deal with uh, all the brawl guys down there on the on the Camera show thousand dollar payout, <laughs> and yeah. uh, I mean, you just, just, just so many different things. And like, not to get in the personal, I just don't want, don't drop names. But obviously, you started dating one of my personal best friends, and I remember I was like, I felt, I felt like I had a sister. Then I was so pissed, like this fucking girl should be dating Mitch, and uh, but she seemed so high, and like I didn't want to crush her with it, like and like bury it. But I couldn't be excited either. I'm like ah, and then that that went its route, and obviously not uh, not best of friends anymore, and so but. As far as you guys, rather. Yeah. But, but we were so obviously, I had that heat too. I was like, hey, you should come. I'm going to wrestle Mitch. I'll fucking put the SmackDown on him. Like, whatever. We'll see how it goes. Well, now people are asking, like, oh, hey, is it going to be cool this time? Is it going to be cool? And uh, I'm like, oh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And, you know, we did the match. It was fine. Everything was cool. The money arrangement was all fine. Everything was great. So I was like, cool. No problems. Say, so, hey, come back and work, you know, the, the, the Rumble gimmick with AJ. AJ, yeah. We did the Rumble. Did they match AJ? It was fine. Did the Rumble? It was all cool again. Then we get the payout again. And it was like almost identical. I think it was like less than like what I was supposed to get. And I think we saw like a ticket arrangement and I didn't get that. I'm like, 
Hold the fuck up. Like, is this just repeating itself? Like, just what happened a couple of years ago? Like, like, exact same scenario? And I remember I was so mad, and my mad just went, I don't care. I'm like, all right, see you guys later. I'm fucking done with PCW. And then that's 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 where the heat came from, where I was like, you know, fuck these guys. And I was like, seeing you guys trying to advertise me, like, on, on flyers or for the school and stuff. Like, no, 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 fuck that. You're going to dog me twice. And then try to be like, oh, no, but we had Brad Cage, because I'm trying to make more of a name for myself. So, and, and I'll be honest with you, man. Like I was doing so much back then, way one of the way before I was ready. I was helping train. I was promoting. I was my phone number, it sponsors. Everything was basically. Zach was married, so like everything was PCW. Everything fell on my back. So I honestly don't remember like how much I paid you or what happened with the tickets yeah. and stuff. But dude, there's no doubt. Like I always respected you, and I knew you're valuable, especially in Chico. Like I never wanted to damage that relationship at all, and. It, and it always, um, I always wanted that heat to be on me and not on Zach. You know what I mean? Because like, like it wasn't. Yeah, he's the guy in charge. But at the time, like he didn't, he didn't really know what was going on. Like I was handling well, everything. I don't, well, from this too, Zach's contacted me and tried to make amends and stuff and tried to try to bring him back. And uh, uh, and even then, he he apologized for stuff. And originally, the very first incident, though, it was you kind of being like more of the douchebag in the, in the conversation. I do blame Zach too because Zach's the one that passed the heat. He's like, oh, not me. You know what I mean? He could have, so his, he could have like, oh yeah, sorry, here, let me fucking, he's the supervisor. He could have stepped over you, like, okay, here's the deal, let's make it right. Instead, he just wanted to be like, ah, oh, let me just pass the buck to, to Mitch. Brian will be pissed off at Mitch, and I'll just go over here and worry about what I'm doing. Um, and then, yeah, for, after that fact, then yeah, I guess maybe you could have taken more of the heat. Maybe Zach is also responsible for having you in charge of everything. Wasn't maybe the, the right call for him to do, but. Uh, but then, yeah, I remember you had more, since you were more in charge of PCW, I remember you did have more of a, a chip on your shoulder, and which is more of an ass. I'm like, this piece of shit right here, man, let me tell you. I was like, oh, fuck it, whatever. And then, yeah, the scumbag stuff was just, just, just through all, a lot of, uh, you know, people's stories and stuff, and, and, and your, your personal life stuff. I was like, this guy's just, man, not the, not the classes of acts, and, uh, not everyone's favorite person either. You know what? And that's okay, man. And I understand it. And there is some guys that, that can say whatever they want, man. And and I'm proud of what I did. Like, did I did I make a few mistakes? Did I do everything perfect? No. But it's like I had to learn. And I was learning. Like, I was basically running like one of the top wrestling companies in NorCal. And it's like I was not ready for that. But um, bottom line is, man, I'm sorry that that it, things happened the way that they did. And uh, you're damn right, man. Pro Championship Wrestling here in Chico. It's got to have Brian Cage on it or it's not even worth running because you um, are somebody that you you are a Chico celebrity and you are very, very valuable to a show. So I feel bad, man, that I ever damaged that relationship. And um, I hope that, you know, maybe maybe we can work together again one day. Well, are you still with PCW? So, funny story with me, man. Um, as you can see here, I put on a bunch of weight. I ain't wrestled in over a year. I, I got metal in my shoulder right now. I just had shoulder surgery a couple months ago. Um, so, I'm, I'm kind of on a break as far as in-ring stuff. I'm still doing, um, you know, uh, promotional stuff and marketing. And they got me commentating right now. But, um... Because I remember when, I, when Zach apologized, too, and he tried to get back on the show, he had said that, like... You know, he, he had that, that he's like, you know, it was my mistake. I should have put Mitch there. He wasn't ready for it. He kind of burned a lot of bridges with people, yada yada yada. Um, but he made it sound like like you were no longer 
involved with PCW. Now, does that, does that mean as far as just as, like booking it? Or, or I was gone for 13. Well, I was gone for like six months. And then I was like, they, you know, Zach called and said, dude, I kind of want you to get sponsors again. You know what I mean? Uh, so, but no, like, like I felt like it was a thing where it was a mutual agreement for me to leave. But I said, ah, tell them you kicked me out so the boys can pop or whatever if they don't like me. Because there is a lot of guys that don't like me, man. You got a lot of heat, bro. <laughs> I got a lot of heat, bro. But it's okay because, like, you're one of the only guys that will sit here and actually tell me your problem that you had with me. A lot of guys oh, yeah, we won't to say my, anything. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll, tell, I'll tell my problem. I have no problem saying what you did or how pissed off I was. Like, nah, fuck this guy. So, I mean, like, and then and then I think, too, on top of it, just, just your, your smugness about it all. I think it, too, like, made it more pissed off. Like, you just had this, like, like oh, I wanted to kill you. And I, and I, I was so mad, too. Like I said, the, the second time it happened, like, it went from being... So pissed to just not caring. I was like, okay, whatever. Well, oh, and, and you and you would have too, man, because we've rolled around on the mat before, and you tapped me out in about a minute. So, you know, you, there, there's no doubt that that could have happened, and it was uh, appreciate you not doing that. <laughs> at, least, at least via video footage. I, I mean, I don't know if I would be able to knock you out because it seems like you. Uh you, you, you've got hit plenty of times and you just keep on coming I back just, up. I'm a glutton for punishment, man. I keep getting up. But hey, man, we're uh, we're getting to the hour mark here. Uh, what, what a conversation, man. I think we covered a lot of great things. And uh, like I said, I, I thank you for everything. I thank you for the ring time. I thank you for... Uh, hey, you were there when I, when I made up Weapon X. Remember that? I remember you, taking a few moves from you that I was real nervous about. <laughs> I remember, actually, I don't think... I, I, give, I give it to Mike Omega, but you were there. And uh, I try to give it to you too. Like oh, I don't, I don't think it's gonna work, man. I don't think it's gonna work, bro. I was worried. It, what was the gory thing? Yeah, that's what's on. I, I took that. That was you the finish. It, you took it at PCW. Yeah, and I beat you. But when I when I made when I did it the first time, I was practicing it. I was doing it to Mike because it's so small. And I was like, let me try to mention. You're like, I keep trying to put you up for you. Like, no, no, no. I don't think it's gonna work. I don't think it's gonna work. Like, it's not gonna work on me. I hate taking. I hate taking moves from bigger guys, man. I, I, I was lucky enough to be a decently sized guy that a so lot you of just guys. Beat Michael Mega the whole time. I just beat <laughs> up Shoot all day. And let, you know what? Let's close out on Shoot, man, because he's a guy. He's a mutual friend. In fact, I wouldn't even known. We, this interview wouldn't be happening if it wasn't for Mike Shoop. And he's a guy that really uh, credits you know his start in wrestling to you. He he looks at you like a damn father figure. Yeah. yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on Mike Shoop? You know what, man? Every dog Shoop and like let's let, let shoot it straight. I mean, Mike is. Not the most gifted athletic person, and you know, in the universe by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, even in the NF crew, would always you know dog on him. But he was like the—I uh, don't want to say hornswoggle, but like whatever. He was like the the guy that we would kind of fucking poke fun at and joke around and you know give him a hard time and rib. And I was like, yeah, you know what, you know, man, that might be the case. But out of all you guys. I'm like, he might not be the biggest. He's definitely not the biggest. And he's like, he might be the best or the most athletic. But everybody, I feel like he maybe. Second to maybe only me has the most heart out of anybody. Um, like he was so determined to make it, he would be there every practice. You know, he's the only guy that was actually training and trying to put on size and working out. And uh, yeah. uh, you know, and I respected that and appreciated it. And I could see that you know, maybe he didn't have all the talent, skill, and ability to make it, but his but his heart and his desire was there and was stronger than anybody else. So I, I, me from wanting to do this forever, been told by everybody from all my friends and family that I'd never happen. I'm like, fuck that, I'm gonna make it happen. So I could see. Everything's been said the same thing to him, and he had that, that, that fire and determination to make it happen. So I definitely respected the hell of that, and I always wanted uh, better for him. And I just like, I just like something who's there missing, and it sucks too for his size because he's got to have something special in the ring to be able to, to get over. Just because, I mean, like Ray Mysterio can't go out there and wrestle like Hulk Hogan, he's got to fucking be Ray Mysterio. And uh, he's got fire, man, and he can cut a good promo. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, his promos got, got better. We had a couple good backstage ones, and you know, and his intensity started picking up too, but like. It was Chris Wilder, but I just felt like oh, his ring work was always just lacking and didn't. It wasn't where it needed to be, especially for his size. Um, I had a really good match with him. I remember, I think uh, Draven or, or freaking uh, Chico Lopez. Lopez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think we got to argue about something. He's like, oh, I bet you can have a good match with Michael Mayo. Like, fuck that. I'll have a good match with Michael Mayo and I'll put his ass over, too. But uh, I think we're arguing or putting people over. I don't know, whatever it was. And I like my matches with a shoot. But, um, yeah, man, it's uh, it's come full circle. We just talked about how I saw him at the at the theater coming in dressed as John Cena when uh, I was working there. And I gave him a flyer for an MWF show. Then last night I go to see Cena with my son. And then there's Michael Mayo working. I'm like, holy shit. I was like, I forgot my John Cena attire at home. <laughs> Oh, that's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. And, and closing out here, Brian, is there any uh, anything in the future like that you have your mind set on as far as goals, aspirations that you still want to accomplish in professional oh, wrestling? Sure, sure, sure. I mean, I still would love to win uh, a mega world championship for one of them. You know, like whether it be PWG, AAA, Lucha Underground, whatever the case may be. Uh, I feel like those have all eluded me. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm way more of an out put over, but I still kind of feel like I have the NorCal curse where. Especially even now being bigger as far as physically and more talented and a bigger name, where I'm still brought in and pushed a lot, but I'm still just brought in almost to make everybody else look better, or put everybody else over. Um, Lucha's really put me to the to the moon, but obviously they put the strap on me. Um, not yet, not yet, right? And uh, but yeah, I definitely want you know that that mainstay right there. Um, and then I want to go into New Japan. I, just, I got to go to Japan last year; it was phenomenal. Uh, I may be doing some more work with Noah, but I'd love to break into New Japan. I, I was on a different interview saying I'd, I'd rather go work. Uh, you know, Wrestle Kingdom and Tokyo Dome than, than WrestleMania. Maybe at this point, and my my defense to that was because I said Snooki was at WrestleMania. I'm like, you're not going to see her at fucking New <laughs> Japan. But uh, I mean, everybody loves to WrestleMania. I'd love to go back to Wrestle, be able to wrestle in WrestleMania. But if I never go back to WWE, I'm perfectly okay with that. I'm I'm doing much better, uh, namesake wise and financially than I ever was in, when I was in the Fed. But uh, I got no heat there, and you know, I just I just want to keep continuing to get better and I get to work some guys I've got to work and uh, become more and more of a of a household name, so to speak, in the wrestling world, if you will, get a get a mega title to help establish my my resume and break into New Japan, and I don't know, see, hopefully, do it for another ten years. Hell yeah, man! And then uh, where can people find more out about you on the social media? Uh, the social media sites we got Mr. GMSI <clears throat> underscore B Cage on Twitter. It's Mr. Get My Shit In. Just for all those that don't know what GMSI means, it was Get My Shit. In. Yeah, let's go back to that too. You see, always back in the NorCal days, I had all these high spots. I idolized like Chris Canyon. And if anyone knows Chris Canyon, he's the innovator of offense. He had all these cool ass moves. So I wanted to do all these cool ass moves. What I was into. And I was like, oh, fucking Brian Cage was going to get shit in. I was going to get shit in. And he was going to be shit for it. And then it was an FCW, same thing. Oh, Chris Logan, got to get his shit in. Got to get his shit in. And so finally, I was like, you know what? That's right. Because I'm Mr. Getting My Shit In. I'm going to get it in. And we laughed. And Pop's like, I should make that my fucking gimmick. I got a pair of trunks made. Uh, right after I got let go of FCW, and I was waiting to debut him, and then going back to when I said I was hurt, and I was looking like shit, I'm like, nah, I can't debut him like this, and then I ended up doing it anyways, because I didn't want to wait. That It was like a joke at first, when I got over, and that kind of became one of my gimmicks, if you will, was Mr. G Masai, Mr. Get My Shit In. So, anyways, back to, it's Mr. G Masai underscore B Cage uh, on Twitter, Brian Cage on, on Facebook and on Instagram, and uh, Pro Wrestling Tees backslash Brian Cage as well, if you want to get some Cage merch. I got some sweet shirts. Absolutely, bro. Hey, man. It's been years. I'm really, really glad we got to do this. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hey, no problem, man. Uh, so uh, let me let me ask you a question real quick before okay. we go. So, okay. So, so how did you and Sunny happen? All right. I'm trying to think. Did I talk about this on the show before? I might have, but I'll tell you right now. It was... Uh, it was WrestleMania weekend, yeah. right? Um, Santa Clara, you know, San Jose, yep, 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 yep. and uh, Donovan Troy. I don't know if you've worked yep, with him. Know, yeah. Okay, so Donovan Troy, man, uh, we went to WrestleMania together. We worked at the Reno the night before. We were doing security on for WrestleCon. So we're like doing security for Ric Flair, Bret Hart. 
and uh, then that night, you know, oh, there's... Oh, look at this name. You dropped it. Oh, I picked that up. Thank you. Yeah, Lita also. Let's just pick that one up. Doing security for those guys. And it was cool. Ric Flair actually faved me real bad. I'll have to tell you that another time. I'll tell you right now. I go, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to Rick, and I'm, I'm getting his limo driver for him. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, Rick, your, your limo driver's here. He's like, oh, can you tell him 20 more minutes? I want to get this line done. I'm like, okay, 20 more minutes, and go back. Oh, Rick, you know. He's like, okay, thank you. I go, hey, Rick, can I get a quick pick with you? And he's like, time is money. Woo! And he just kept walking. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest thing awesome. ever. But, but, um, and it makes you feel better at SummerSlam in Arizona when I was out there with Canyon, actually. We're at this like post SummerSlam party, and this little kid, man, he's having everybody, everybody sign sign his belt, his WCW or World Heavyweight Title replica belt. Everyone sign it. He's like fucking kid in a candy store. He's Ric Flair. He, he, the kid could have been more than eight. He walks over Ric Flair, so stoked, oh my god, sixteen time world champion. He's talking about title. He starts to walk. He doesn't even get over to say a word. Ric just looks at him and goes, "Nah, sorry, kid." <laughs> <laughs> fucking kid just deflates. Right? Defeat. I'm like, "Whoa, Ric Flair's an ass." Oh man, married no. the kid. But uh, <laughs> that's funny, man. But yeah, I don't know, I don't know. But uh, so the Sunday, so, so Russell Khan's a, a autograph sign all day. That yeah. night there's a show, and um, <clears throat> I show up. Nothing to do. I'm not booked on the show, you know. Just there with my pass. And I see some sparkly heels on the ground, and I'm like, oh, and I look up, and I go, oh, I'm like, I really like your heels. Hi, I'm Mitch. And she goes, hi, t- call me Tam, right? And we just started talking, man. We just hit it off, like, our birthdays are 10 days apart. We just hit it off, like, straight up. She was like, you know, come look at my ass tattoo in the bathroom, and we're just talking all night, and end up, uh, she's like, all right, so you're, you're coming to my hotel tonight. And I was like, I, I, all right. And she's like, all right, I'll pick you up. Uh, you know, text me or whatever. I'm like, cool. So I go back to the motel or whatever. I'm with my buddies. I'm drinking. I'm like, oh, I can't believe this is not going to happen. This is. She fucking picks me up. And uh, just so much funny stuff. The driver is like a hardcore APW fan. So he's like, he's driving her. And he's like, Mitch Valentine. And she's like, she's like oh, my God. She's like, the, or he goes, the heartbreaker, Mitch Valentine. And she goes, oh, you know, I, I did the heartbreak kid. Now I'm going to do the heartbreaker. And I'm just like, oh, my God, dude. So uh, so we, we got a kid in the room here. So I'm going to keep this PG. But basically, we get back to her hotel room. And um, it, it was some funny stuff with uh, as far as like she always has to have the USA network on for some reason. What? I don't know why. Like I don't know why. So like the USA network's on and then you know uh, everything runs of wings or what? Yeah, <laughs> NCIS. I don't know. But <laughs> so we're watching. So that's on. And then literally right before we'll say the baptism begins, I shit you not, a commercial for WWE Hall of Fame coming Monday comes on, and I'm like, ah, oh, WWE Hall of Famer, Hall of Fame ring, it all went down. And then what do you do, Brian, after you after you bap a Hall of Famer, a WWE Hall of Famer? You call your wrestling trainer. So I call Zach and Rick, and they're on the phone with her, and it was it was just nuts, man. It was nuts, and uh, end up moving out there with her for like a month. And where, where, where was she living? In a little town called Palmerton, Pennsylvania. Wow, what the hell? Yeah. Now she's actually a great girl, man, and it's kind of a sad story what's happened to her because she's actually really, really good person when she wants to be. And uh, I, I enjoyed my time with her, man. And uh, she didn't have too many nice things to say about you. I, would just, I don't think she has any nice things to say about anybody. Yeah, that might be true. I've heard some stories. Um, you know, and, you know, too. She, like I said earlier, I said like, yeah, she was mine. I'm sure everybody else's freaking junior high like love and crush, especially when WWE was like the little peak there for a while. Um, I remember I had the sunny poster above my, my bed, so that way, every day, I had, I had right above me, so when I woke up right in her sun, it would always be a sunny morning, that was my, <laughs> my little thing I'd always say, and uh, I remember marking out for her at uh, the Cow Palace, when we had that 
that super show down there at Calpas. We were there yet? I or? wasn't there, but I, I remember something going on. And I remember, there. like, it was a big busting. It was like nobody got paid. Yeah, or I remember anybody. hearing about it. I remember it. she was there. I'm like, holy shit. Because, you know, she had the uh, the fallout, if you were. She wasn't looking so good. And then that was, like, kind of a re- comeback. I'm like, holy fuck, she's looking, like, it's exciting. I got a picture of her. I'm like, holy shit. And then, uh, I mean, that was, like, what, 2007, I think it was. But, um, uh, you know, the years came by. I remember she was with uh, Davy Richards for, for a minute. Mm, yeah. And I remember, I remember she was still looking okay then. I remember she was at the. The PWG, like, uh, Kurt Russell Mania, uh, two or whatever it was, that Davey worked low-key, and she's in the backstage. I kid you not. It was, like, so grotesque, yet hot at the same time. She had a whole large pizza to herself. Oh, yeah. And she was just devouring it like a fucking salve. And I'm like, that's, like, the way she's eating it, too, it was, like, it was so messy and disgusting, but, yeah, it was, like, kind of a turn-on. I'm like, is this really going down right now? She can mow down on some food. Right? And, uh, that's why we got along so good. <laughs> and, I mean, there For was, a minute. there's no SoCal wrestler down there that, uh, that I won't have to bring him into it, but you know that has, as you said, baffed her a few times that she was uh, into it. I remember thinking like, "Oh man, he's he's fucking over. That's pretty sweet." And then you know her, her better years, like it started to go behind her. And I remember another female wrestler that was into me, another wrestling legend. Um, I won't get to that to, to keep it kayfabe over, but she was with Sonya at one of the Evolve shows that I was on that same weekend. And I remember oh, she introduced yeah. me to her, whatever, and I was like, and she gave me like the the look. And this is obviously before you guys happened because it was WrestleMania weekend still. And I was like, yeah. I was like, mm, uh, you're, you're, you're past your prime, honey. I was like, and also my wife's just right over there. So it's probably not going to happen. Sorry. <laughs> but, uh, and then, yeah, then we the following week or whatever, we never found out about it. I'm like, oh, she's with Mitch. And I was like, what? How the fuck did that happen? I'm like, oh, I guess good for him. It was the talk of WrestleMania, man. I, hey, I had my WrestleMania moment. There and uh, it was funny, too. One more thing on that. Like you said, man, when you were a teenager, everybody was all about yeah. her in the late 90s. I didn't start watching wrestling until 2000. So I was all about Stanley Man and Trish. So for all my friends. So I miss so all my friends are all marking out. I'm like, yeah, she's cool. But I mean, Stephanie was the hot one. You know what I mean? So, oh, no. Man. I mean, I guess I could understand Trish. Trish would still be an awesome, uh, awesome score. But, uh, uh, Stephanie's the queen, bro. Stephanie? Uh, Stephanie's the queen. I'm not sold with Stephanie, man. I don't know. I'm not that sold. I mean, like, there's like, Mickey James for a while, too, was pretty up there. Uh, Victoria at one point. How about Candace Michelle? Eh. I like uh, her theme song. I think it's just her theme song. I mean, song. I have her Playboy, but no, nah, it's not. Eh. You know, you know, uh, walked out for me the other day, which was like, oh shit! I'm on, I'm on the stairmaster in LA Fitness, and uh, she broke him up. We start walking around. I'm like, hey, that kind of looks like no, no, it's not. I'm like, yeah, no, it's not. And she goes, she, I was like, is she gonna say something to me? And she goes, hey, are you Cage? And I was like, yeah. And I goes, oh my god. And I'm like, fuck it is. She's just, I was just watching you. She pressed the play on her phone. It's a match mine from Lucha Underground. And I'm like, you're Christy, right? And it's fucking Christy hit me, walking out for me, watching Brian Cage matches on while doing cardio. I'm like, that's what's up. She tweets it. I'm like, all right. Oh man! Uh, made Cardi morning a little little sweeter that day. I was like, ah, oh, that's pretty cool. She's still gorgeous. I saw her the same day. I met saying she's gorgeous, man. No, that's awesome. Like, that's pretty cool. Hey, what? Are, uh, one more question. Unless we're, we're, think it was so cool. We're in overtime. I bet, right? We're in overtime here. But I just want to ask you, like, what's what do you think's like your favorite experience that you've had, man? In in just in your life, besides, I mean, in your life, like some of the most, the you know, I'm trying to put how to put this here. Like, what felt the best? As a as a person, as that you were able to be a part of, whether it's wrestling or, or something else. Man. I mean, well, you mentioned he's in the room. Undoubtedly, probably the birth of my son. I mean, being there, I was so afraid of babies too for so long. And people would be like, "Hey, you want to hold it?" I'm like, "Hell no! I'll drop that thing and break it, and you can't fix it, no matter how much super glue you have." But uh, and I remember being kind of like worried. Like one of my buddies that had a kid young, she was like, "Oh man, I saw it happen. I threw up. It was so gross." I'm like, "What?" And so like I was I was unsure and like how was it gonna go down and. Uh, 
uh, I mean, I don't know what happened, man. I, and it came out, like, and it was easier, too. And I instantly, like, I I had, like, this... It's so corny and cheesy. They're like, oh, you're never going to love anything. You love your own child, man. It's so true. Like, instantly, I was just so in love. And, like, I wanted to hold them so bad and cut the umbilical cord. And, like, nothing about it was, was gross or grossed me out. And I, I started... Cr- I had tears coming down. And I was just so happy. Sport my sweet Evil Dead t-shirt. I mean, it was it was awesome, man. Then, I, then, I mean, we're, we're not... We're not just like your uh, your ex. That's my friend. Uh, his mom and I are not best of friends either anymore. But even then, I got to admit to her. Not only did she let me go to Deep South after he was born, but the day he was born, she let me go watch for Monday Night Raw with this guy on the couch, uh, Eos and uh, and Bick Bickley. So I come over. I'm like, dude, have a kid. And Bickley jumps up and gives me the most awkward hug of all time. <laughs> that's a little inside joke, but yeah, that that I mean, if we're talking about life things, that's got to be number one. No doubt. No, I, I felt you were going to say that, man. And, that, and that's awesome, bro. And, and yeah, I can't believe he's 10 years old now. Yeah. I remember when he was a baby, man. That's crazy. And then how about in wrestling, bro? Like, your favorite thing that you've done uh, in wrestling, in entertainment, what, what was it? Well, favorite thing I've done in wrestling is probably Melissa Santos. But <laughs> outside of that, um, yeah, you know... Just because it's so so memorable, so uh, I mean, I, I love that I got to accomplish my dream. Because I'm WWE even when I was 24. I've had you know awesome matches with 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 Tyson Kidd. I got to go to Japan. I've I've traveled to like nine different countries now. And I mean, there's been so many different things I could use. But undoubtedly, going back to it, the, the Grand Canyon encounter, man, was just such a such a memorable thing for awesome. me and so awesome. You know, my my idol. And you know, what's crazy is, and one of my good friends was the referee. And out of that match, I'm the only one alive. Dude. Both of them have passed since then, which is nuts. And uh, it's still, I can go back and watch it today. And I, I just love the match and the feeling and the emotion. I remember I wanted to put Canyon over so bad. He refused, <laughs> refused to freaking let me put him over. And uh, it's, it's just such a memorable day. And I remember feeling the feeling I had there. It's still such a high. Like if, I, if I'm down, I can really think about it. It picks me up a little bit. And I remember even saying, like, I could retire tomorrow. And I'd feel pretty complete with my career just because it was, it was such an incredible feeling. Like there was, I mean, all your friends, all your family, your hometown, your freaking idol, your own federation. I mean, it was just so awesome. The fact that it happened so sporadically like that, I mean, it was incredible. Hell yeah, bro. All right, Brian Cage. Overtime on Mitch, okay. please, man. We That's did it. Episodes. It See? might be. Now, we're keeping this all one episode, bro. And, and thank you again so much for coming on the show, man. Hopefully, we get you on the show down the line and again. And best of luck to you and everything you do, man. Hey, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Big thank you to Brian Cage for coming on the show. I mean, the guy is a true professional. He's a physical specimen, and he's a guy that I really like and would consider a friend. And I don't know if he would feel the same about me, but that's all right because I'm just the kind of guy that no matter what will tell you exactly how I feel. I'm honest, sometimes to my detriment, and I just do what I want to do. And uh, speaking of doing what I want to do, you know, Pro Championship Wrestling Last Man Standing is going down this Saturday night at the Oroville Municipal Auditorium. We've got the PCW Heavyweight Wrestling Champion Sin defending his championship in the 30-man rumble for the very first time in PCW history. And also... Carl Fredericks, the new PCW Inter-California Champion, is going to be putting his title on the line against Mitch Please alumni, the Samoan Werewolf, Jacob Fatu, and also Mitch Please alumni, the Classic Connection, are going to be putting their PCW Tag Team Championships on the line against the Sky Brothers. And then we've got Royce Isaacs coming up from Denver, Colorado, uh, and he's set to go one-on-one with, you guessed it, another Mitch Please alumni, Zach Primetime Reeb. 
And this is all going down this Saturday, January 14th at the Orville Municipal Auditorium. Uh, tickets are almost sold out, so you definitely want to get those. Uh, I would encourage you to, you know, check out Pro Championship Wrestling on Facebook. Follow them on Twitter at PCW since 1999. And on hell, just give them a call right now, 530-315-4020. Make sure you reserve your ticket for this Saturday because tickets are going to be sold out, no doubt about it. And um also want to give a shout out to Mike Shoop and uh, Superstar Productions again for all the continued support and all the continued uh, great work that he's been doing. Uh, you see the graphic right now in front of you um, and many other graphics, many other flyers, videos, uh, you know, photography, Mike Shoop and Superstar Productions can do it all. So check those guys out. And uh, finally here, I want to make a... Make it official here on Mitch, please. If you follow Pro Championship Entertainment, yeah, Pro Championship Entertainment, the uh, creation that uh, myself and, and basically Zach Reeb uh, came up with in 2015 at when I won the championship, man, we never really got a chance to run with it. And I, I had so many ideas. And uh, those ideas are going to come to fruition, and they're they're coming to fruition on February seventeenth at Shenanigans in Chico, California, because Pro Championship Entertainment presents Stand Up Comedy. Now we've got basically the face of the Chico comedy scene, uh, Mark Leathers. He's going to be headlining the event. Also, Don Ashby, uh, Scott Powers, Sydney Hupp. Jason Allen and the stand-up comedy debut of the one and only my wrestling trainer, one of my best friends, Zach Primetime Reeb. He's going to be making his his stand-up comedy debut, so it's going to be really exciting, guys. Uh, you know, check out Pro Championship Entertainment on Facebook. Follow on Twitter at PCE since 2015, and uh, get your tickets now. You know, they're, they're, they're also going to sell out, man. This is the year right here. 2017, Pro Championship Wrestling, Pro Championship Entertainment. We're going to sell out buildings, and we're going to make dreams happen. So if you want your tickets for Pro Championship Entertainment, just give us a call right now, 530-990-8588. All right, and I appreciate everyone that follows this show you know, on uh, Facebook as well. I, I swear, I got like 17 Facebook pages, guys. And everybody that likes that, those pages and shares them and everything else, I really appreciate. But uh, Mitch Please Podcast, of course. Uh, Facebook.com slash Mitch Please Podcast. You know, I'm on Twitter, Snapchat, and Instagram at HeartbreakerMV. I appreciate all the support. I don't have time for a outro this week. So I'm just going to end the show right now. And um, you have been listening to Mitch, please, and thank you.